Hello, lovely. So good to be with you today. Do you ever wonder why there are so many different opinions floating around about what we should eat and what we shouldn't? Do you find it confusing to navigate all the different diet information and claims that are out there? Do you wonder what it is that God says about the food we eat? Today, we're going to look at the biblical and historical times when there was a major dietary shift and what effect they had. In doing so, I hope to bring you some clarity about what it is that is the perfect will and the permissible will of God when it comes to food. Remember, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. Today's review comes from Judith Johnson. She says, Janet is very serious about helping clients achieve total health through various holistic healing modalities. She is very motivating, encouraging, intelligent and creative in her approach to meeting the needs of her clients. She is also very proactive in being a good steward of the environment. Thank you, Judith. I really appreciate that. If you're interested in one-on-one -on -one or small group coaching, if you want to be able to set health and wellness goals and have the support you need to achieve them, fill out the coaching interest form and I will get in touch with you to set up a one-hour free coaching session where we'll work out what your health and wellness goals are and how I can help you to achieve them. The link for the form is in the notes for this episode. Welcome to The Good Way with Jenna Jandro, Integrative Nutrition Health Coach, Master Herbalist and Essential Oil Specialist, a part of The Good Way Ministries Incorporated. I'm Jenna Jandro. I'm a Bible-loving, food-loving, totally sold-out-for-God Christian woman, serving God in my church and community with everything that I am and helping others to do the same. You know you're called to serve God in a unique way, feel pulled in so many directions and can't seem to find the time and energy to focus on what God is calling you to. I'm here to help you take back control of your health and wellness, to find the energy and focus that you need to achieve the things God has put on your heart through biblical nutrition, intentional living and building right relationships. If you're ready to move from just surviving to thriving, then grab your green smoothie and come walk with me along the good way. Wow, there are so many different diets out there and so many different opinions about how we should be eating and every one of them has an angle. Even as someone who has spent the greater part of their life studying nutrition and health and wellness, it can be overwhelming trying to keep up with the next fad diet or eating trend to come along. And that doesn't even take into account the opinions within the church about what God says we can and should eat, most of which is not based on health, wellness, or the word of God, but on religious traditions that use the word to back up man-made opinion. I can remember studying nutrition in the 1980s and being told by a lecturer that although vegetarian and vegan diets had many health benefits to recommend them, that you could not perform at an elite level as an athlete on a vegan or vegetarian diet. You had to consume animal proteins to do so. This was the prevailing attitude of the nutrition industry at the time. 
but it didn't sit right with me. It didn't line up with what I had seen or what I'd read in the Word. That attitude has now changed, and there are many elite athletes who now ascribe their achievements to transitioning to a plant-based diet. During the 1990s, people were being told not to eat eggs as they were high in cholesterol and fat. And we had the whole disturbing egg white omelette phase because they were fat-free and high protein, but they tasted like styrofoam and provided about as much nutritional value. Then the establishment changed their minds again and said, eggs are okay, but by this stage, the damage had been done. People weren't hearing that. Now, doctors are recommending that people eat X number of eggs weekly because of the good cholesterol they contain. How is the average person supposed to believe what they are being told when it's constantly changing and often contradictory? Today, I'm going to try to make it simple for you as we look at four major dietary changes throughout scripture and history and the effect they had so that we can make informed decisions about what we will eat. These four changes I've called number one, blessing, sin and the curse, first foods and how they were affected. Two, the flood effect on food and longevity. Three, the industrialization of food and man. And four, fast food, the takeout takeover. So let's start with number one, blessing, sin and the curse first foods, and how they were affected. If you've listened to any of my podcasts, you will know that first foods are those foods that God gave us first, the foods that he created us to eat. They are seeds, nuts, grains, legumes, leafy greens, fruit and vegetables. These are the foods that God gave us in the beginning as a part of the first blessing that he gave to mankind. And it says in the scriptures in Genesis 1, 28 through 31, God blessed them. And he said to them, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed that shall be food for you and everything that moves on the face of the earth that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. The first food God gave to man, he gave as a blessing. He gave it to us for our benefit and for life, that it would give us life. But in Genesis 2, 16 through 17, God says to man, you can eat all of the food that's in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree that is in the very centre you are not to eat. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. But of course, mankind sinned. We chose to eat from that tree. The woman was deceived by the serpent, and she brought the fruit to her husband Adam, and they both ate of it. And in so doing, they brought death and curse into the world. And this curse, God says in Genesis 3, 17 through 19, Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it. Thorns and thistles it will grow up for you. And the plants of the field you will eat. And by the sweat 
of your brow you will eat bread. So because of the curse of sin, we can no longer just reach out and eat whatever we want and have it be a blessing to us and benefit to us. We had to exercise our stolen knowledge of good and evil to determine which foods that were or which plants that were growing were food for us and would be blessing to us and which would be harmful and may actually cause us to become ill or die. We had to work hard to propagate those plants that were good, that would provide blessing and health and benefit in fields so that we had them available to us to eat and we would eat our food through the sweat of our brow. It would no longer be something that was so easy and without effort just to reach out, take something and put it in our mouth and feed ourselves. So this was the first major change in our our diet as humans. We went from eating foods that were full of blessing and goodness and benefit that we could just reach out and eat and consume to having to work hard to discern between the good and the evil, cultivating that which was good and eating it through our own physical effort. The next major change in our diet came um, later on in Genesis uh, after the flood. Now, we all know the story of the flood. Prior to the flood, in Genesis 6, 3... God says, my spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His day shall be 120 years. And then God brings the flood upon the earth and the majority of mankind is wiped out because of sin. And after the flood, when Noah comes out onto the land, God again blesses Noah and his his sons and says to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, which is the same blessing that he had given to Adam and Eve in the beginning. But he says, then he goes on to say, the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens and upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you shall not eat the flesh with its life, that is the blood. Now, this is a pretty major dietary change that is occurring. We've gone from a plant-based diet for the first thousand years of their lives to now God has introduced meat into their diet. And to put this into perspective, I'm going to read to you a little excerpt from my book. The working title of my book is currently First Foods by Jenna Jandro. It's interesting to note that unlike when God gave the green plant, at this time, when he gave every moving thing as food, he did not declare that it was very good. The plants that God gave man in the beginning produced only good in their bodies. And then the good plants that man cultivated continued to produce good. But the same cannot be said for the animal proteins that God now gave to mankind. The sin condition of mankind had grown to such an extent that he had wiped out almost all of the earth with a flood. Now he introduces meat into their diet, and I believe it was for a very specific reason. And this is where I'll say, 
All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. 1 Corinthians 10.23 Yes, God gave the flesh of all moving things to man for food. Yes, it's permissible to eat meat, seafood and fowl, but is it beneficial? Let's take a look at the genealogies prior to the flood, while man was eating a whole food plant-based diet, and compare them to those after the flood, after the introduction of animal protein into the diet. Prior to the flood, from Adam to Noah, the ages were Adam, 930 years, Seth, 912, Enosh, 905 years, Kenan, 910 years, Mahalel, 895 years, Jared, 962 years, Enoch didn't die because he was taken up by God, Methuselah, 969 years, Lamech, 777 years, and Noah, 950 years. After the flood and with the introduction of an animal protein into their diet, we have Shem through to Abraham. Shem, 600 years. Arphaxad, 438 years. Shelah, 433 years. Eber, 464 years. Peleg, 239 years. Reu, 239 years. Serug, 230 years. Nahor, 148 years. Terah, 205 years. Abraham, 175 years. Now, I don't know about you, but I find these figures pretty compelling. The average age of the 10 generations prior to the flood while they were eating a plant-based diet, was 912 years. The next 10 generations after the flood, with the introduction of animal proteins, went down to 317 years. In less than 400 years, the life expectancy dropped to one-fifth of what it had been for the previous 1,000 years. That is a very dramatic drop in life expectancy over a fairly short period of time. Now, I'm not presenting this to you as scientific evidence that the introduction of animal proteins into our diet caused this dramatic decrease in life expectancy. To my knowledge, there have been no scientific studies done to confirm this one way or another. Nor am I discounting other factors that may have contributed to the decline. But I think you will agree that the correlation between the introduction of animal protein into the diet and the decrease in life expectancy is compelling food for thought. So we've gone from being able to reach out and eat any plant at all to having to work hard to propagate the plants that we have learned are safe for our consumption and eating them only after great effort on our part to having the option to eat any of the animals that move on the earth as well. And in so doing, our lifespan has drastically declined after only a very short period of time. We've gone from eating for blessing and benefit to eating foods that have caused a decline in our lifespan to fulfill what God has 
commanded prior to the flood that man's lifespan would be 120 years. Mankind's diet remained pretty much the same throughout history until very recently. It wasn't until 1780 to 1840 with the Industrial Revolution that man's diet started to change. At this time, mankind started to move from the land into the cities. He started to separate from the land where his food was produced and started relying on food purchased from stores and markets. At this time, the agriculture started to become industrialized. Pesticides were introduced to maximize crop yields. Monocultures became the norm. Mass production to meet the growing demand. By the 1900s, 40% of the population in the US was living in cities. Food stopped being something we had a relationship with and became a product to be produced or consumed. We saw the introduction of supermarkets with prepackaged and processed foods, and we also saw an increase in what became known as first world diseases, heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and cancers. In 1921, we saw the introduction of the first fast food restaurant. This was White Castle in the United States. This was followed in 1940 by McDonald's and 1952 by Kentucky Fried Chicken. By the 1950s and 60s, the popularity of fast food had changed the agricultural industry completely. It became not about growing and producing food for consumption, but the production of food for distribution. Speed and convenience became what people looked for in food. And we had a new false Eden. We were living in a time now where you can just reach out and grab something to eat and put it in your mouth without having to work or put any effort into doing so. Now junk food has become the staple in Western civilizations. And with it, we have an epidemic of obesity food allergies, autoimmune disorders, and an extreme escalation in those first world diseases. Along with that, we've also seen a complete disassociation between the food that mankind eats and mankind himself to the point where many people don't even know that food comes from the earth. And there is now a move amongst the scientific community to make this the norm where they're trying to create lab-grown synthetic food substances. The first two of these changes came due to the sin of mankind. The last two major dietary changes are due to the continued attempt of the enemy to separate mankind from their original relationships that we were created for. Relationship with God, each other, the earth that we were created to steward, and the food God gave us as part of his original blessing over mankind. We've gone from Eden, where food was created to produce blessing and benefit in our bodies, to the flood, where food was given to us to produce a reduction in our lifespan, to the Industrial Revolution, where food is being produced to maximise crops to meet consumer demand 
to the false Eden of fast food, where food is produced for speed, convenience and maximum profit. In Deuteronomy 30.19 it says, I have set life and death before you today, both blessing and curses. Choose life, that it may be well with you, you and your children. I want to encourage you to choose life and blessing in the foods you eat, not death and the curse. We have the choice. The first foods that God gave us to eat, that plant-based foods, of seeds, nuts, grains, legumes, fruit, vegetables, and leafy greens, still carry the blessing that God spoke over them in the beginning. We have the choice to eat for blessing and benefit, or the choice to eat according to the way the world wants us to eat. The choice is ours. The more plant foods we eat in their most natural form, the more benefit we will receive in our body and the more of the blessing of God we will receive in our body. But the choice is ours. I would encourage you to transition to a fully plant-based diet. But the more plants you introduce into your meals each day, the more benefits you will see. If you need help introducing more plant-based foods into your diet or transitioning to a plant-based whole food diet, I'd love to help you. Or if you have other health and wellness goals you want to achieve but need some support, fill out the coaching interest form in the notes for this episode. I'd love to help you set and achieve your health and wellness goals. If this podcast has blessed or encouraged you in any way, then I'd love to hear from you. You can subscribe to this podcast, write a review, and share this episode with anyone you think will also be blessed by it. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your social media page. And don't forget to tag me. I'd love to support you on your journey. You can come join me in the Good Way Community Facebook group or click the link to let me know if you're interested in one-on-one or small group coaching. And you can support the Good Way Ministries and help keep this podcast on the air by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the underscore good underscore way. All the links are in the notes for this episode. And remember, it's a journey. You only have to take one step.